You are listening to an exclusive on Pod Hub Network. Your city, your podcast. With the delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw. The runner breaks to the plate. Here's the throw. Wow. He is out. The buck goes wide. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Live. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. Um... Not with me right now, if you're watching the stream, is Tyler, our co-host. Tyler just set me up with the okie-doke. I thought he was back, and he said, give me one more second. However, I just started the stream. But welcome, everyone. How you guys doing? Um, so tonight is an off night. Obviously, there's no game to talk about right away. So what we figured we'd do is just kind of talk a little bit about um, the season up to this point with you guys. Hey, there's Tyler. <laughs> So as I was telling everyone, is uh, I actually started the stream when you came back, right before oh, you said you. one second. So, all right, cool. Yeah, but here's Tyler. But I was telling them, you know, there's there's obviously an off game tonight, so obviously there's nothing to really talk about as far as post game or anything. So we're kind of just kind of like recap the, the season, just talk about our off season yep. um, off night thoughts. Um, as you can see, Jim's not with us. That is because he is in Fort Myers, probably pretty drunk right now. Hmm. <laughs> well, we might get a drunk talk with Jim Rosati tonight. I know, right? It's not happening. Not tonight. He's uh, he's trying to play it smart. He's not set himself up. What a loser. I know, right? Honestly, though, he's probably not the loser. He's the one in Fort Myers right now having fun, and we're talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates. Fair <laughs> point. You know what? We'll just extract that from the record. We don't need to speak about that. There it is. But yeah, and also for anyone in the stream, got questions, let us know. We'll talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess we'll start off just in regards to, I guess we can speak a little bit about last night's game. JT Brewraker pitched. They went up against you, Darvish. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll put it this way. It was, it was a close game still. It seems like this entire... Two series, right? The uh, what? The seven games that the Pirates and Padres played, all of them been close. I mean, for the big bad Padres to come into town and for us to come into San Diego, they've been competitive. It's like the the Padres just can't can't play against the Pirates. <laughs> yeah, um, that's really the big thing about the Pirates right now is they're actually being competitive, but we're kind of getting to a point where the competitiveness is wearing off and. We're going to have a bad stretch. It is what it is. They're not a good team. We all knew it. The fact that they were able to fool anyone into thinking they could come close to 500 means something good happened. (laughs) Right. But in regards to JT Brubaker, you got to love what you've seen from him so far, right? I mean, what's there to not like? Nothing. Nothing really, especially for (laughs) JT Brubaker. Yeah, you know what there's not to like is that he's 28 years old. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's the one thing. It's like I wish he was 24. Right. Because I mean, 
Not to say he's not in the future, but he's not really in the future. He he could be just because like the years could. of control and such. Maybe that's something we could be talking about as well. Yeah. Um, it's not something that I've really, really thought about, but it is something I actually I, I did pop into my head today about him. I mean, I don't know. Like, is JT Brubaker a potential trade chip at, at any point? And like, maybe not this trade deadline. I would say it's out the window. Unless there's some unbelievable return for it. But I don't think that we would see that for him. But it's like... No, probably not not this year. But I mean, he's pitching better than Joe Musgrove did here. And everyone seemed to... Well, on the Pirates end, people seem to love the return. Not everyone, but... I mean... Are, like you said, are we looking at a potential trade ship? Maybe year two, year three, and if not... And you have a back end starter that that's the difference though, is that, you know, he's a ceiling of a four five Musgrove had a ceiling. That's true. But I don't know. I mean, it's still just six starts. I mean, this is super early and right. it's not as if last year, it's not like last year really proved that there's something to him. Mm-hmm. And maybe eating my words a little bit too on JT Brubaker for the year because what I mean by that is when the Tyler Andersons was signed, when the God, what's Cahill. his name? Um, Cahill. Yeah, Cahill was signed. Then there was thoughts like who's in this rotation, and I was really saying that. I mean, Brubaker might be the odd man out. I saw Brubaker more as a potential really good reliever. Again, getting mm-hmm. back to like our cool, cool days, although cool's killed me um i felt cool could be a really really good reliever but you're gonna keep him as a starter to see and that's how i kind of felt about brubaker is i feel brubaker could be a really good reliever but you're gonna keep him in the bullpen or the rotation to see what he can do and such he's he's proven me absolutely incorrect at this point i mean stupid i look completely stupid to say that he looks like he belongs at this point he does i mean and it's not dumb luck we're not looking at a trevor williams where we're putting up a 311 era based upon Weak contact. Yeah, like an oh no, I mean he's <laughs> yeah, he's getting the swing and miss stuff plays. I mean yes. he's he's a major league pitcher. He utilizes basically five pitches. Yeah, I mean three three mostly, but he uses yeah, we're not, five. He mixes them in almost like Musgrove to that degree. He doesn't have like this stuff like Musgrove. Right. Right. And you know, when he looked at Musgrove, the other things that like, there was there was stuff that stood out. It's like, wow, like he could really, really become something. Whereas Brubaker, like he got that bulldog mentality. He doesn't have the yeah. stuff to really carry him, but he knows what to how to use what he has and effectively. Yep. As they I guess they call it he has that pitch ability. He goes after guys like you said, he's got that bulldog mentality. I know you you love that Tyler. I I absolutely love <laughs> Brubaker that. Brubaker is He's, definitely a Tyler if you guy. Could put, man, if you could put that mind in Mitch Keller's head, we'd be set. <laughs> but I mean, Brubaker just goes after you. He does not care if you hit it, you hit it and it's the stuff will play enough to be able to get you some outs. He doesn't have anything that's going to blow you away, but he's it's also not we're not talking about a guy sitting low 90s. Right. Like he's right. he's got average major league well, stuff. Like you said, I think. Like it's not it's not like Trevor Williams, where like Williams right. had to hit his spots. You know, he's not that low on the scale as far as what he has, right? His repertoire. His I mean, his stuff plays. I mean, he <clears> can <throat> spin the spin the ball as well. Like he he does yeah. have some pretty good pitches. 
it's not Joe Musgrove. You know, like you don't look right. at his slider and go, holy hell, right? But he's got a good, you know, mix of stuff and he knows how to use it. I mean, J2 Brubaker has impressed me full fold this year. Um, again, I'm not I'm not going on the he's a he's the to me he's the ace of the staff for the Pirates. <laughs> um yeah, which I mean you said four or five. I mean, numbers are arbitrary to me also. They are. Um but as I should have said, I mean, I think he settles into ceiling wise. I think he's like a maybe a two war starting pitcher, which is probably in that range, maybe two and a half. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's that's probably about ceiling wise. And that's fair. I mean, you know, t- to me, he he looks like he can definitely belong in a rotation for almost any rotation. At this yeah, point. absolutely. So and that's why I talked about. I mean, he, he is 28. But also just 28. And, and I guess what I mean by that is it's not like the decline's coming for him in like two years, you know? And he doesn't have like a ton of innings under his belt, which mm-hmm. unfortunately a lot of yeah. it is because of injury and such. But, right. you know, he has years of control. Like theoretically, you could keep him here and you could ride him out into like that next. Like he could become that, that veteran in this right. next wave. He could be that guy. Yeah, and I, I but, can't think of anyone who... I'm trying to think of someone he reminds me of, and I just got no one in the recent years of the Pirates. Like, they don't have a dude that just, like, hung around and hung around with, like, average stuff. Yeah, they had a dude that hung around and hung around. as below average. His name was Jeff Locke. But I don't... Yeah. So far, at least, I, I and don't then, like, look at Rubaker like a Jeff Locke type. I don't look at this like yeah, his no. first half all-star appearance. And then he's just going to fall off, right? Like, I don't he's think not out here dancing eating... through raindrops, walking five, right? Striking out five, right? Right. Like, I don't look, I don't see like in two years, we look back and say, well, we looked really, really silly talking about JT Brubaker. No, I think he's, I mean, you don't get that swing and miss without like having real stuff. Like, you're a major mm-hmm. league. So that's a good point. You're a capable major leaguer. So, and again, like, so that's, that's the one side about JT Brubaker is there's, they, mm-hmm. they just let him ride out. I mean, of course, they can play the, the arbitration game, and you know, when he has two years left, they trade or whatever. Yeah. But again, it, it kind of brings up. I mean, what? I, I don't know. What if, like, he has some people knocking on the door, saying, you know, hey, we like JT Brubaker as well. That's less. I just likely don't to see. Me. Yeah, I don't see people Even banging like on that door right now. I feel like. Probably not. He needs to show that he can continue to do this for a year or two. Yeah. That, and that gets, that's the one with you too. Like I, I do, I wish the one downside to him is that I do wish he was like 24, 25, and not 28. Unfortunately. <laughs> Nardo, we, we just talked about his stuff that looks like it plays in the majors. I know you guys probably touched on it in Starbucks, but I did not get the opportunity. How about our guy, Will Crow, just touching 97? <sighs> you know what? We didn't talk about Will Crow, I think, on Starbucks. You did not? No. If we did, not much. I need to see Because more. what he showed plays at this level. But what he showed, like, just happened out of nowhere. It did. For this one game. And that's a thing. So, but it's also one of those things where how many pitchers just go screw it. I'm going to throw harder now. Who cares? But even like, so his start against the Cardinals, that didn't happen. His start in the Cardinals, I recall, because I put this out there, it was what, 90, he averaged like 93 point something miles per right. hour, which is a little bit higher than like what his season was in 2020. It was a little bit of time. So like it's a little bit of an uptick, but that's still nothing, nothing crazy, right? But then out of nowhere, Tyler, the guy threw, he was averaging 95.9, I think, right? That's what it was, 95.9. Yeah. 
and he was touching yeah. 97. Did he hit 98 at all? I don't think. He, I don't think he did. So 97 he touched. Averaging like 95, 96. And it came out of nowhere for this one game. So it's like, is, is that now Will Crow? Was he kind of like holding back a little bit? Or was he just like, I'm going balls to the wall right now? Yeah, that's a, it's a weird question. Cause like we've seen it with Charlie Morton and Chad Cole, where they were just like, I just said I was going to try to throw harder <laughs> and they threw harder. Yeah. Like as Will Crow been going, just, I'm going to touch this spot. Is, is he a nibbler that is trying to hit his locations and then just decided, you know what? Screw it. I throw hard. I'm going to throw hard. Or was he just feeling great that day? I'd be very interested to see like his next, his next appearance, whatever that might be. And I believe he's getting one. Um, Chad Cole and, did pitch a side session. And I forget how many or what, but he pitched a side session the other day. I know he's, he's on the way back, um, but I do believe that they mentioned or something like that. Will Crow probably is going to get another start, but I'm with you. So Will Crow to me is just like, he's been a guy. That he's a guy. <laughs> but think about this. Let's go back, and I'm not saying this means anything, but let's go back. We did have Tim Williams on here. Tim Williams did say, I mean, he, he did say, I don't know specifically to the, like, I'm not going to quote him, but I'll, I'll say to the, the sense that he, he believed there's more to Will Crow than what he has shown. Mm-hmm. I don't know specifically what he meant by that in his, his sense of everything. I don't know if he knew that he could throw 97 that's coming or what, but he felt there's a little more to Will Crow. And I mean, I was, whatever. It's kind of how I felt about it. I, I don't know, Tim. <laughs> right. And now he's throwing 97 on top of all that. So I need to see more of him. But again, that's something that intrigues me. I want to see yeah. him. Two weeks ago, I could care less about really seeing Will Crow. Right. Now I do want to see more. Two weeks ago, he wasn't a bullpen option if he cannot make it as a starter. Now you throw 97. Now you can go in the bullpen. The off-speed played a little bit. Yeah. Now we don't have to worry about having a four pitch mix. Now we go one, two, and we see what happens. I mean, you're still 26 years old. Let's, there's, it's hard to not like what Ben Sherrington's done. I don't want to talk too soon about it, but it's hard to not like it. You are correct. If, you know, it's all premature. All this is premature. We are still, it's May 6th. For the minor leagues, it's the third night that they're playing. You know, uh-huh. like all this is premature, but I'm absolutely with you in this sense of to the knowledge that we have to this day. I am actually very satisfied with Ben Charrington. Very satisfied, and you know, I question a lot of stuff. You know, I I don't know about this. You know, it's it's okay. You know, a lot of these trades, it, it's okay. It's not bad. It's not terrible. It's not how I was thinking of it, but I and I think part of it too is the fact that we didn't have the minors last year. So right. we didn't really have the same information either to go off of it. So I think that might have been part of it also. Um, but just hearing the reports, hearing what other people write, other like fan graphs, like Baseball America, other people in baseball insiders are talking about, um, to then see the spring, to see, you know, the, now we do have some minor leagues. I can't say there's there's much I can be negative about so so far with Sherrington. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, I mean, even just coaching staff down, the approaches at the major league level, the fact that they've been able to 
makes some of these guys look like competent players every now and then. Right. Because it's a group of misfits. Yeah. Well, and they've somehow put together approaches mainly at the plate or juries out on pitching every now and then. But I mean, they've put together some ideas that are working. They've put the right people in place so far. It looks like maybe, but and like you said early, we'll see, but it's more encouraging than it was two years ago. And think about this aspect. So, you know, Peguero has cracked the top 100 now. Mm-hmm. It's three games. I, I, I'm not. I'm not going to base none of this information is coming from the three games. Which, by the way, if we're talking about Peguero, he also once again <laughs> is. <laughs> we're not going to talk about these three games. However, in third game, Peguero is now two for four, batting 385 with two home runs and now also two stolen bases on the year. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love what I see so far. But again, not even taking the effect of these three games. Just what you've been hearing, seeing the potential of these guys. I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot. Like what I talked about, we did speak on on Starbucks, is with the Tyone trade, right? We we had some questions on it. Some guys looked like, eh, throw in here and there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super early and on. Like you can't dictate who's going to be who and these guys are going to be good. But what I said is you can legitimately get excited for all four players right now. All four of mm-hmm. them. And that's with the Jamison Tyone trade. You know, what I said there was I think a good return was one guy that you can absolutely get excited for and three guys that you feel, well, you know, they got low ceilings. They'll probably hit the majors. But this guy, look out for him. I honestly look at all four players in that Tyone trade. And I'm excited to see all four of them where they can go. I mean, you look at what Contreras struck at 11. That's that's what brought it up. Like he was the one, like Jim said too. He was just like, eh, you know, eh, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) What's Andy? What's the gosh? The catcher, Andy Rodriguez from the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. And we were. I remember a group text that I was the one saying I'd take Lucchese. We all were like. Why not keep him? Because you, him? you, I was like, then I can flip Lucchese. And now look at Lucchese. He's terrible. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, he's gone after all these guys that are like lottery tickets, but they're real lottery tickets and they're not like a, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the last Neil Huntington trade. They've, I've tried to erase that entire thing from my memory, but you know, we're, Hoping to get a bunch of Josh Harrisons out of it, basically. <laughs> he was the third piece. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but I, I think or, okay. I'm sorry. We're hoping to get an O'Neill Cruz. That that's a good. That's fair. I would say the thing about Josh Harrison was I felt he was just more like, eh, who cares about him? And then he kind of snuck up on us. Yeah, it's a, it's a. I don't feel Cruz like anyone where, was ever excited about Josh Harrison. We're now like you see a six seven guys. shortstop that can hit nukes, and you're like, and he looks yeah. like crap at the plate, but we'll take him. Right, like let's um, see what happens. Yeah, I'm excited about O'Neill Cruz. Let's let's watch that. Josh Harrison, I didn't really care for until he came to major. I'm like, wow, like where where Josh Harrison come from? Um, but I was talking right. more result wise. No, Just no, I get that. Bro wins that. that. But these, I think these are all guys that have legit shots to become 
top prospects. They, you know, we'll yeah. find out. Like, I don't know the ceilings of these guys. I'm not saying that, you know, these pitchers and these players are going to be like, you know, aces and such. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you get a couple of these guys to turn into back end relievers? Like you're making out like you're the fourth piece in the deal. If they turn into a back end reliever, mm-hmm. they're not Michael Feliz. True, true. Right. Well, what I'm getting at, too, is like the, the thing is. There's so many of these guys right now. Right. Like every deal was like four or five players. That's what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Like all four or five players are intriguing. And I know they're not all going to pan out, but there's a ton of them. And we're going to get a number one draft pick this year. And I'm not sure if it's going to be Lawler or, or whom it's going to be. It could be a pitcher too. Like, like you're going to have it's a whole crop of players. So like you're saying, like you can only have five in the rotation, of course. Um, we don't know. I mean, they, they, there's potential trade chips as well. Like at that point in time, you're going to need to compete. Maybe you're trading for a veteran as well or whatever. I mean, you, this is giving them a lot of options. And again, we're not out here trying to tout and say, oh, it's been three games. These are all Hall of Famers. These are all going to hit. They're not all going to hit. But what I am impressed on is more than any. Like These are all, for the most part, very intriguing guys. Yeah. Not, none of them right now, for the most part of I'm just like, eh. <laughs> and just just a thought. I It seemed like the intriguing guys that Neil Huntington went after were in the draft. Like, he went after that projectable arm that he could find. Mm-hmm. Sherrington, so far, it seems like in trades, he's been going after those projectable type of guys. And in the draft, at least based upon one pick, he's going like a Nick Gonzalez. Like we're going a Nick is is a dude. I can't even say a safer route. He's just a dude. I know, but like I, I still... we're not drafting the six eight Tyler Glass nows or Nick Kingham's or guys that can fill into their bodies and never worked out because the Pirates had a terrible philosophy. But whatever. <laughs> I, I still don't want to so much crown that draft because to me it was weird, and it's still like Nick Gonzalez regardless fell in the Sherrington's lap. Yeah, but he's a dude. Also, you know, it was like at least he didn't draft Mark Appello again, who's coming back to the majors. Mm-hmm. He's making a comeback. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. The Pirates went after him. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's like I, I I know what you're getting at. I don't know how I was going to draft to continue the draft. And this year having the number one pick, I mean it's 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 cool to have the number it's, one pick. He's definitely got some I don't want to be him this year. Especially how everyone's looking and, and the options he has and choices. But again, it, it's like I, I have a hard time praising him, overly praising him for the Nick Gonzalez trade. Because to me, it was almost like the rest of the teams gave you no choice. Like, yeah, but he, I mean, he the, didn't draft Cole, Trout, Cole for Tucker. The, for the Marlins, you know, taking Max Meyer and everything. You know, Nick Gonzalez kind of fell to that degree to the Pirates. And at that point in time, like, I mean, how do you not take him? So, I mean, he took them, though. So, I mean, you can't say he's, you know, it was bad. He did take them, at least. But I mean, there's been some dudes that Neil Huntington's been like, eh, give me that very lanky shortstop that can't hit worth a shit. The guy that's in AAA that has two hits tonight as well? Yeah, sure. For <laughs> infield singles. Um, he got a triple and a single and a stolen base. And that's Cole Tucker. I'm happy for him. Seems like I mean, a nice guy. Um, Vanessa ain't going to Indianapolis to watch I'm a play. Jealous though. of him. <laughs> is she I is am. not going out there to watch no, that guy. According to her IG, 
She is clearly still in California. Yeah. Like but. Pittsburgh is a enough. She is not going to Indianapolis to watch you don't play that, a minor league game with 300 people. That doesn't fit her lifestyle. No. <laughs> Hollywood. She's going over to Zach Efron's house. Mm. Don't make him cry. But anyways, so so to the prospect talk back there. Yes. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very to this point. I am very pleased with Sherrington. There's still a lot to see. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is our first year of the minor league. So, you know, I really I mean, can't call it until the end of this year to see what these guys really are. But based on everything we've heard and to the point of what we have seen, I am very pleased with Sherrington. Yeah. I mean, if you look at every single trade we've made so far, I think at the start of it, it was, yeah, I guess that's okay. And then it, it builds and builds and builds and, at least to this point, like go back to Marte. You look at Pagero. I can't remember who else was with it. It was like, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's a fine. Rate. Yeah. Who that's the thing was, too. Like I, we're not even talking about him anymore because of yeah. how many players, you know I mean? He was intriguing. Yeah. He was he, what a comp pick or a second rounder. Um, I think. Yeah. One of the two. But regardless, it was, but he was, yeah, the next, I mean, that's, he was the next best high school pitcher, right? Like uh, there yeah, was some talks was... either between him or Priester, right? Was it Probably. that year? Probably. It was he like he and yeah, Priester that they were talking been, about? That would have been that year. So but, now we got both of them. But like that return was, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's a fine return, but no complaints. Might be a little light, but and now look at us. We're Marte's on like his 18th team since then. Well, Marte's a dude still. Marte's still a dude. He is. But regardless, but, but regardless, less of Marte. He could be a dude here and they're not good. No, 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 right. But I think, right, like, we, you're correct. But right now, how are we talking about Pagero? Before it much, was much more favorable. Young, there's tools, there's this and that. And now, without the, you know, the, the year, obviously, mm-hmm. we couldn't see it happen, which really sucks. That's why I'm so happy that minor league is back. But now what we're talking about, Pagaro, is now now he's sliding in the top 100. Like other people are talking about him. And so far, just a little bit of results we have. Like, damn, this guy's a dude. Yeah. We're not talking about Colin Moran. And he's a shortstop. <laughs> we're not talking about Colin Moran being like, yeah, I, I like what he what changes he made. He might be a like 20 homer guy. Mm-hmm. And no defense. I mean, the potential. Where's, where's the rest of it? The potential, right, of Nick Gonzalez at second base, I'm sure, and Pagaro at short is very nice. intriguing. I mean, that's it's middle, nice. that's middle infield. This is in the days of I don't even want to talk about it. But you know, Jay Hay, Mercer, which Jay Hay was was a bit of a dude too. Um, but it wasn't like Jay Hay Mercer. Adam Frazier, Newman, you know, like like the middle infield yeah. has never been super. Jacoby Jones, no, Jacoby Jones is right. Uh, I'm sorry, we got hyped about Jacoby Jones potentially playing shortstop. No, that says a lot. <laughs> and uh, gosh, got Connor Joe, um, Alan Hansen, Hansen. That's what I was gonna say. That that's yeah. There's one. But think about like the middle infield of the Pirates. Like that's always been a 
a, a need like almost for forever. It's always been middle infield. Yeah. There's not much there. And now there's a plethora of options. Now, not all of them are good. I mean, Cole Tucker's still there as an option. Kevin Newman's still there as an option. But when you're looking at like this really next wave, there's a really, really good chance that, you know, Pagaro and, and Nick Gonzalez is highlighting that. And those are really good options so far. Mm-hmm. Like the potential they, they bring as far as all their tools combined. I mean, we could have a middle infield that can actually hit. Right. I mean, it's, it's David, an David idea, would tr- actually appreciate both of these guys. <laughs> like, it's an intriguing idea to just get a bunch of guys that play up the middle. And then when they can't play at that level up the middle, they're going to be able to play outside of that. Which is potentially what? Yeah. Like, like Lionel Cruz can bring. Yeah. It, that's also exactly in that. Yeah. He's also in that. Although I feel less confident he'll stay there. But you got to yeah, consider, you know, Ono Cruz is in that middle infield as well. He's going to be a right fielder. <laughs> right. Or a DH. I don't know. Uh, he's yeah. got a, he's, he's athletic. maybe he'll a first baseman. Field. He'll be in the field somewhere. Um, Will Craig, but, but yeah, like think about, so Baguero's glove is good. I mean, Nick Gonzalez sliding the second. We saw what he was doing with, you know, jumping Jack flash over there. He has nothing but praise for him. So if Cabrian Hayes is here, I mean, you're looking at, Good defense potentially, good offense potentially. You know, in all three of those positions, we still haven't maybe found our first baseman yet. Um, <laughs> maybe Martin. Do you know what? But whatever. At the end of the day, whatever. They've got a bunch of guys that have shown so far to their point in their career they can hit the baseball. You find a position for them and move from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically Josh Bell. Yeah, or I mean, did could he play first base? No. Could he play right field? No. But he could hit when he wasn't crazy. But I feel too like if if so, what's good for the Pirates for a team that can't spend money, right? A player that you can find that can play confident and, and give you production on a cheaper end is first base. Like, like we talk about, like yep. about Moran, like do extend or whatever. Yep. Like a CJ Crone, like you can get the CJ Crones <laughs> for like six, seven, eight million dollars year over year out. Whereas you're going to find that in a shortstop, that's not, that's not going to happen. So it's like that's the thing. Like the Pirates have wisely, and it might not be on purpose. Obviously, you're you're just getting the best in return, you know. But they do have mm-hmm. a plethora of options in the middle. Um, so yeah, like that that helps them out. Like if if first base is going to be the position of need and corner outfielders, then good, <laughs> you can find those for cheap. Do they have a future catcher? God no, <laughs> likely not, unless. Andy, is it? We don't know about him, but there's also definitely a hole there. Yeah, but I mean, that's enough. That's one of those other. That's similar to the first base, where on a defensive minded guy there, it holds his weight at the plate, and if the rest of the positions hold up, you're fine. True. Like I would, you know, Stallings can be on. I mean, it's all roster construction, but Stallings can be on a contending team. And it's not like you're getting so them. far ahead of everything, but it's fun. <laughs> yes. It's like I'm playing MLB the show. I know, right? We're going to be like the year 2027 in a second here. Okay, let's reel this back then. So I guess this is our talk on Charrington, our thoughts, right? So let's divert yeah. it a little bit to Shelton. Um, let me preface it in saying this. So I know I... Jim, and I do believe you, and I say this because I don't want to put words in your mouth. 
Oh yeah, I trashed them last year. We weren't impressed by Char- or Charrington by Shelton at all. It was the opposite of Charrington. We're saying now, for everything that we're saying so far, I'm pleased about Charrington. It was the complete opposite about Shelton. It's like, man, I don't know if this guy's gonna last. <laughs> uh, I'll give him a pass because it's like his rookie season as far as a manager, but there were so many decisions that you just were left wondering. 2021. Early early report card, right? A progress report on Derek Sean. What do you think about him this year? So last year, there were quite a few times where I felt like Derek Sheldon did not put his team in the best position to win at all. Right. And I also felt like by doing that, he was on his way to lose the clubhouse easily. Mm-hmm. I will give him credit this year. I think he has walked that tightrope because there is a tightrope that needs to be walked about. Are we going to develop these guys? Because it's a young roster. There are certain guys that need developed, but we also have guys that need to be able to put in positions that we can deal them. And this is all coming top down. We all know how it goes, but we also have these guys that need to be faced with a little bit of adversity. Right. And I think we... I mean, we talked about it earlier about Bednar facing Tatis Jr. two outs up by one, correct? I think it was one. It might have been. No, it had been it one. Final score is two one. Yeah. I don't remember score yeah. then. It had it had to be two. But one. you've you have a runner on second, two outs. Fernando Tatis Jr. coming to the plate. Bednar on the mound. Any competent manager on a winning team is going to walk him. Right. First base is open. And I absolutely love the fact that he did not walk him. Because at some point, you got to find out, that is Bednar going to be a dude or is he not? What's he going to do right now? Yeah. And I absolutely love that. And he's had a few moments like that where it's been, I got to test these guys. I got to put them in a position that might not get us a win. But I'm also going to test out and see, are they going to be parts of this future? Right. So, and I guess like my take on that too, like you said, you, you were really happy. Like in the moment, I, I questioned, like in that moment, I was just like, wait, wait a minute. You know, like what, what are they doing here? You could win this ball game. And it's not as mm-hmm. if Tatis Jr. has, which is weird. I mean, for, again, he falls in that Padres thing. He hasn't looked good against the Pirates all year either. Um, <laughs> but like but you said, it's, it's Tatis Junior. You know, like it's the face. It, he's on the cover of MLB the show. There's a reason for that, and he's facing Bednar, who in that Musgrove trade we looked at and said, "Eh, all right." Again, guys that you talk about what we thought of the trade, and now he's one of those as well. Eh, and now we're like, "Oh man, Bednar could be a future closer." So at that moment, the same thing. I'm like. Walk him. Like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing mm-hmm. here? But he comes in the after the game, he, the post game comments, or someone said, you know, because I guess it's really not a true post game. Someone said how more or less he said, like, no, he he wanted him to pitch him. Yeah. And now to your point. So in game strategy, see what this guy does now. That doesn't make sense. But mm-hmm. for a progression, for for Bednar himself, for his development, like I'm trusting you. Like to so I'm Bednar, and I know that first base is open. And I'm thinking, all right, here comes the sign. Let's walk him. 
and you're telling me don't. So I get that little bit of confidence. I, I get to face Tatis Jr. and I and also the outcome of it was good. So that that helps, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, that helps absolutely. And and now like so I'm gaining confidence. That can definitely help him out. You know that that progresses and 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 right. So like as the progression part, he has a little bit of a different role. Like he's yes, he's out there to win games. And and to take this back too. So last year, this is how bad Shelton was, as you mentioned. This is why he was very criti- we were very critical on him. People thought they were actively tanking. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. think about that. The only reason this move is made is to tank. So, like, when Miguel Pozo was put in how many times these situations, yeah. Miguel Pozo isn't part of that future. No one no. ever looked at Miguel Pozo and said, "Let's see what he let's see what he can do right now and face Tatis Jr. because he's going to yeah. need this when he's here in 2023." No, these were terrible decisions. The Bednar one makes sense in the development part. Hmm? So, like you're saying, there hasn't been a whole lot of to me bonehead decisions that were made. There's been some things. Oh, I mean, listen, Bednar, if it, Bednar can, does not get him out. People are absolutely dogging him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they cared about this team, they would be dogging him. You're right. But the difference is it's Bednar and not Del Pozo and their exactly. situation. See, and I guess when Brian, right, raised the draw, Roger was on here with Jim and I the one time. You know, we kind of talked about this too. And so, like, last year we gave him a pass for being a rookie manager. This year, mm-hmm. too, to a degree on some stuff. I might give a pass as well because what's different this year is complete management on all the pitchers. You know, like mm-hmm. the situation might be to keep this guy in or do this or whatever, but I think there's never been a year where you want to be more ultra conservative on arms yeah. and innings and stuff than this year. So that's why I think this year too, there's going to be moments where you might say, what are you doing? But it's like, you look at the big picture and it's like, well, you know what? It might just be what it is. And there isn't a real reason to win this year. So you're not going to extend like, like you're not going to have Joe Musgrove go pitch a complete game, perfect game, you know, for the pirates. No, you're not going to push that. There's no reason to, um, nothing was going to pitch a perfect game, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason to really push this. Wins don't really matter. That's the ultimate goal. A lot of it really is progression. And yes. So like understanding why Shelton did that with Bednar. I like it. I like it. There's yeah, going to be some things, but like, also a big picture. I've been pleased. Yeah, and it's going to be – it's a balance, though, of like a – I don't know. Say we go into extra innings, we get a runner on second, and some – Philip Evans is up, sure. Are we going to bunt him over and Todd Frazier's in behind him so he can hit a sack fly? Yeah. That's different. If that's the situation, then yeah, I'm going to tell him do that. Go after the win. But like, if we're talking about a Cabrian Hayes up with a runner on second and extra innings, I want to see the guy bat. I want to see what he does in this situation. Is he going to try to hit the ball oppo, get the guy, give the guy the best chance to at least get the third? Like, there's a bunch of situations within it that need to be handled differently based upon who the player is and it's got to be a challenge, but it's something this guy's got to be able to do or else they picked the wrong guy. Right. And like the other thing too, I want to bring up is, and part of this was last year, but I feel like at least by name and what you thought of the player at that time, 
the team was better last year than this year. Uh, I mean, Josh Bell's proven that he's not that good of a player, but when it was June of 2020, you thought he was, okay? So mm-hmm. with that all being said, like the other thing about this team as well is it's not as if like he has a whole lot of toys to play with or options. You know, no. like we're, we're you might say, you know, you might be talking about Bednar or whomever, but it's like it's not like there's a whole really there's not many options out there they can use, you know, and like I mean, hell, so part of like even a is, Sam Howard though, like let that guy go get let that guy eat. True. But like what I'm getting at is there's some some things that there's been a couple times where like, why wouldn't you pinch it here? Or mm-hmm. actually Will Crow. Like why why did Will Crow yeah. bat and then you took him out even in pitch next inning? Like why didn't you pinch it for him? All they said was Will Crow. That one I don't know. Will Crow apparently, unbeknownst to me, Will Crow is their best hitting pitcher. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie that one. I, I don't know I why still, you don't pinch it. I don't know why you did that. So I'm confused on that. Like lineups, there's been times like why is Kevin Newman batting fifth or why is this that? But mm-hmm. again, like big picture, well, who else do you really have there? You know, part of the part, part of the thing I haven't hated is that hurdle drove me crazy when we had like a young lefty Polanco that every freaking time we faced the lefty, he'd put him on the bench or hit him eighth. And he just wouldn't let the guy Moran as well. Yeah. Just guys like any lefty. It was lefties on the mound. You're either on the bench. Like they wouldn't let the guy just hit through it. And they put some mediocre righty in instead, like a Sean Rodriguez. (laughs) Just let the poor guy hit. He's not that much worse. Development still does matter. So, so, so like a, a slight pivot oh. here, Comrade's still on the team. Like, has that yeah. do you think has that helped Comrade? Like, he is batting every day. He's seeing everybody, and actually, I, he's doing. I really well. do think that makes a difference. Yeah, like you can't like a. I. This is gonna go real deep into my mind that I really do think Clint Hurdle had a big part of Gregory Gregory Polanco not developing. Yeah. Because he screwed with him so much. And part of it's Polanco has a lot of quirks as well, but I mean just with the swing and he's he's a giraffe out there, but a, a lot of the ownership does come on him, absolutely. But I don't think Hurdle helped him very much. Because we looked at the first three years of him going from he would hit leadoff, then a lefty would come in. He'd either be on the bench or hit eighth. And that was also a different time, though. Like, they were contending, and you don't have time to let a guy develop. That's true. And, and that's also part of the difference. You know, like, uh, the stuff about change, that's why he does get these passes and such. I mean, it is a year where you're going to find stuff out. So let's find it out. It might not be the best decision mm-hmm. in-game strategy-wise, right? If If it were... The Padres Dodgers series, some of these things wouldn't be happening, I'm sure. But this is a development year. Let's let's find out what these guys can do. Let's put them in these situations. Like I want to see Bednar, to be honest, right? Like it makes sense to walk Tatis Jr. there. But I want to see Bednar go after him and, and see the outcome and find out what what knowledge we gain and, and have him go through that process today, then do it for the first time in 2023, 2024, <laughs> hey. whatever, right? When we're in the playoffs. So you want to give these guys those options. So, so like, again, like, yes, there's going to be some times where it doesn't make sense, 
but you can understand it. And that's why I feel like we've had a better recognition of that this year than last year, because I don't think there's many options where you can look at it and say, well, there's, there's also the development part. Every time Miguel Del Pozo was in that, <laughs> in that game, it was just or Miguel Del Pozo a full like decision. The, he is shown. the biggest punching bag ever. I, I mean, I do feel bad in a sense, but it, it just is what it is. It is what it is. And, you know, it's not even just him, but there was just a lot of play. When, when people are actually thinking that a team is actively tanking, you know you're doing a terrible job. And with that being said, I haven't seen the same type of comments even around the fan base or people this year. There's the joke, oh, he's going to be the tank commander. He's the tank commander, right? But I don't think like it's actually shown – Oh, they're definitely tanking because they just did X, Y, Z. No, like I said, I think he's walking a fine line of development slash. Yeah, let's screw it. Let's tank. Right. Like he's so far. I mean, what are we? 28 games in 29, 30, 29, 29, 29 games in. Yeah. We're 30. not Wait, that are we deep. 13 and 17. I think we're 13 and I don't. 17. Tenardo, when I you're bad, you don't remember it. I have it here. I actually just updated for the show in our ticker. We are the Pirates, yeah, 13 and 17. So, yes, 30 games. <laughs> yeah, the way for it to go back across. <laughs> <laughs> so, 30 games in. 13 and 17? Good Lord. How'd they pull that off? Because they suck. Well, it's like. Look at their roster and say they don't suck. It's um, they've shown these past few weeks, as mentioned, why some people who said that they could lose a hundred games, why they felt that way. Uh, yeah. Have you seen Kai Tom hit? Actually, no, I have not. <laughs> Nor have I. I ignore <laughs> I've it. seen a walk though. Uh, I've seen them. When I look get at my thrown phone. out on the base pass and and not catch the balls in the outfield. Yeah, so let's transition sucks. here from that. So obviously Tom's injured. Um, Thank you God know, he sucks. And this, this I kind of feel bad for as well. So like Hunter Owen like makes his debut because of it. He gets up there and he gets injured. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's that's your recollection. That's your memory of getting called up to the big leagues. You get up there. So and now just pain me with who's next. It's likely that he's going to head on the aisle. Not that I'm saying like Hunter Owen's the next just man up and I'm excited, but. What this turns into with this injury, um, so Indianapolis Indians were to play today, and their lineup was Anthony Alford, and then no longer their lineup is Anthony Alford. So it makes me believe, I know it's an off night tonight, does this mean Hunter Owen is possibly headed to the IL and Anthony Alford is, is coming back to Pittsburgh? So this carousel, it's no longer Tom, we're back now. Well, I guess it is still Tom, just, but Anthony Alford is also going to be on this team. So why? I mean, this, this outfield is is a mess. Why? It's bad. Why is he going to be on this team? We're not going to talk about Alford. <laughs> okay, so everyone's listening. I promise this isn't about Alford, so you can you can continue. Okay, don't, don't turn us off yet. God. What this is going to transition to <laughs> is swaggery. Okay? Love him. So because... It makes sense right now Alfred gets called up. I mean, could Swagger to get called up right now? Theoretically, yes, he could, 
right? But mm-hmm. to me, the AAA promotion was kind of aggressive. He hasn't technically seen anything above high A officially. Um, now, obviously, just with these three games, he's off to a pretty nice start. Uh, how, what in your mind is the path for Swaggery to hit the majors? When do you think yeah. is a true time timeline of Travis Swaggery in PNC Park? So that way, I either win or lose the over and under of 40 games as a pirate. We all know I've, I have talked about Travis Swaggerty for God knows how long. Yes. I love every adjustment he's made. But in reality, like, I think we're actually looking at maybe like July because there is absolutely no reason to call him up right now. Why burn service time to go play for a not great team when you you have not played triple A ball? We've got a new swing that we've been working out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Really, you haven't played ball in a, over a year. So there's absolutely no reason I will. I guess I will gladly watch Anthony Alford play the outfield as much as it pains me to say it. But like July, yeah, let's get him the hell out of here and bring up my guy. So I'm going to present a scenario, okay? Now, obviously, this is like best case scenario, right? Alfred gets hurt. No, (laughs) (laughs) not that cynical, but okay. So what you're saying, I mean, it does make a whole lot of sense. Like it it makes sense to have for his development and there's no need truly to have him here in that sense. Like we're going to play the service time game, get all that. I I get that, right? Give him his at-bats and then give him the PNC park. But this outfield especially center field situation is sucks so pathetic that there's so far what we've seen and i know it's young out of tom technically we can at least give him his due process i mean fowler got his right alfred got his at least we can give tom his as well to a degree but what we've seen out of all this is these guys do not belong period 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 all right. Oliva is injured, so he's no longer an option either. Now we get Hunter Owen, right? He's he's probably headed to the, the IL now as well, so he no longer becomes an outfield option. Swaggerty is in AAA, and for I'm not gonna say for some reason, but for this reason, right in this scenario, Swaggerty is also tearing up AAA. We're a month in. We don't even give him to July, right? We're a month in. Mm-hmm. Swaggery's batting 300 plus. Looks capable. Our outfield, our center field now as a team is at a negative 1.5 war through June, right? That's how pathetic it's been. Is there a potential <clears throat> that we see Swaggery like even a month now? That No. And I even say this too because we don't really know what Charrington is, although he's been kind of aggressive in some scenarios we've seen. Is it, he's you know aggressive. what? Aggressive. Let's put you in, in Pittsburgh. See what you got now. So he's been aggressive, but he hasn't been aggressive advancing to the major league level. But and we haven't, that's we haven't really had. Uh, we have not, but that's also when the payday comes in. True. And that's also kind of above his head. 
so if he's tearing up triple a in the month no we won't Still it'll don't. be a month and it'll be a month and two weeks probably where they did Austin, the, the austin meadows where they brought him up yeah and then the month they know. just you know set him down i don't at yeah the i'm not sure break. at the all that's the perfect scenario i see the creative team now, right the all-star breaks it's not gonna be the games they just send team like players down to like catch up on some of their service time yeah and then call them back oh up we want to keep them playing through this break okay. exactly right for their de- for swagger's development we still want him to play so during this all-star break we're gonna send him down we're gonna collect we're gonna about tell him not to 10 play more him. days of service time on our favor <laughs> and then i mean He's got to travel here, so that's another two days. <laughs> exactly. A little COVID, right. He can't just come up immediately. No. So. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at two Right, weeks. right. Perfect. Is he vaccinated? I don't think so. <laughs> if he is, screw it. We don't We don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, I think he's feeling a little ill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, ooh, ooh. Ooh, there's a cough. <laughs> regardless, um, I don't know what the service, line, service uh, time cutoff is this year. It's this everything's weird, Leonardo. I don't know anymore. Yeah. So I guess so that scenario, even if he's just tearing it up a month from now, and again, right, this center field mm-hmm. just looks pathetic. Tom ain't it. But he's I don't also know, like twenty four. Who's it? Still no, still no swaggery. You you fully believe the earliest he'll be here is July, unless like just injuries force him here. I don't even know if he gets here with injuries. Well, I mean, if there's like literally nobody, like, <laughs> I mean, we are talking about a guy that just changed his swing. Yeah. So you you can't just shove him up here and be like, all right, figure it out up here now. Have fun. Okay. Fair enough. That's why I wanted to bring it up to you. I, I, you're definitely, you have been the highest on Swagger of all of us. As I, I told am, Jim, I'm high on him, but I, I'm ready to rechange my whole thinking. I was closer to the side of writing him off as a prospect than believing that he's going to be an impact player in the major leagues. Yeah. I think it's when you're looking at a guy that's just changed his swing, you got to hold off on it. Maybe just a month, make sure everything's working and kind of go from there. You can't let him revert just because he goes up too early. So 310 home runs by June 4th. Duh. 15 home runs by June. <laughs> Come on, Tyler. Give me a reason to bring him up in June. I don't want to see Alfred anymore. <laughs> I don't either, but I mean, I'd just throw Cool Tucker up there for fun. Uh, I mean, I would rather see Cole Tucker, to be honest. I'm with you. Because if I see Cole Tucker on my TV, that means I'm probably also seeing Vanessa. <laughs> <on my TV. laughs> so. But baseball related, that means at least there's a slight, and it is as small as can be, hope. That this guy could maybe turn into some type of hitter. And, and regardless of, of that, he to this point had I'm not gonna say has a future, but he's in the future plans. Alfred really isn't. No, Alfred's part so of no I future would, yes, plans. I still would rather see Tucker here because it's not as if we need him to be in the future for all the reasons we talked about earlier, but he has that potential. You know, he's young enough. He's been in the organization. Yeah. I would rather see him than anyone because at least I'm watching a potential future guy. We can we can figure this out early and move forward. Yeah. 
we all know he stinks, but we all might be wrong. I mean, he's got two hits tonight, and it's the one base. So, I mean, yeah, he, he did not know who he stinks. He's got the juice now. Let him go. He's got the juice. Let her stinks. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Just let it happen. Another guy. I, I mean, I hope for. He's a, he's a he's a cool dude. Seems like a he seems he's like a, cool a nice dude. enough fella. He's he's a guy I would want to root for, but talent wise, I just haven't seen it yet, and I'm yeah, well, I'm going. To I bet can't root I for him. Unfortunately, prove me wrong, Cole. I, yeah, prove me wrong too, because I told you a cream puff on your draft day. Um, all right, so Shelton reports, Charrington reports, a little bit of talking oh. swagger to hear, prospects and such. Anything else that you wanted to uh, bring up and highlight with so far? Nope. No? Uh, draft Kumar. That's it. I don't know, man. Like this. Yeah, I know, but I've I said draft Kumar like two months ago, so I can't I go against that. Th- this. Do I want lighter now? Yeah. This is such Can a, I say like a that out hype, loud? No. A hype draft. This is very interesting, this draft come up. And you know what sucks about it? Is it's now a month further away than normal. So we have one more month to figure out what the hell we're going to do and have no decision. Like once the draft comes and it happens and it happens, you can move forward, right? But now we have a whole other month a- added that it's like, maybe it's going to be this guy now or maybe it's going to be that guy now. Or I mean, in the, in the past draft month, show? I think our number one pick has changed now potentially three times. <laughs> oh, it has. So, we have a big draft show. I mean, do we really need one for the MLB yeah. draft? Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be five it's minutes. Wild. It's gonna be. It'll be like our. It'll be like our power hour. <clears throat> we might do it, but once I mean, once like, the Pirates draft, we can be guy, like Mel Kuypers. What are we gonna talk about? <laughs> I don't know. I'll learn about all nobody, these guys. The nobody cares month. about all these other guys. It's not like the NFL where people even know. Like NFL fans know like the 60 guys that are drafted. And the MLB, uh, half the fans don't even know. We'll figure it out. Who's like number three. Give they me a month. I'll figure two. it out. Oh, God. We can get highlights all together. We'll be good. We could. But I don't know, man. I This draft. Sounds I, like a I've lot of work. said it. I'm excited for the draft. We have the Pirates have the number one pick. There's good and options out the there, but I don't, I don't want to be making that decision because with with the no. options that are out there and how they've all manipulated and changed and whatever, I don't want to make that decision because there's there's more odds that it's not going to work out. That someone another player is going to be the one they should have picked, right? And in five years yeah. now, we're we're going to be hearing it. Charrington, you bum. Why did you pass on Rocker? We told you from day one it's Rocker. Now look at Rocker doing what he's doing in Boston. You let him go I to Boston, you. Charrington. I told you to draft Rocker. <laughs> right. Or, you know, it's law. It's like, oh, well, you got to go for the pitcher. Go for the pitcher. But now we got, you know, Tatis Jr. all over again. And this guy, <laughs> you passed on the next Tatis Jr. Good job, Charrington. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I, I envy the Pirates organization on this number one draft pick, but they're in a good situation. Yep. I mean, it's what it is. I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, you can, but you I mean, hope, you just hope they don't. I think it's very similar to that 11 draft where it's, I mean, Rendon, Cole, 
hour. I don't know if anyone has like the seal. And then like oh, Tyler Skaggs when like. But it's similar in that sense. There's good options. They're, yeah, they're I mean, all, there's they're all good. Not a whole lot of question marks. You know. Right. But that also has to do with the not playing last year. True. But it's like <laughs> it's not like they have bust factors, like complete bust factors. Right. Them, you know. I yep. can envision all of them like making the majors. Uh, what I you see and what they have and stuff, you know. But I don't but know I mean, if, you're, if like you're gonna see like a Garrett Cole in either of those. Twenty eleven. Yeah. Well, I mean Trevor Bauer, Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon. Yeah, like I don't know if I see I mean it's what we're looking at here. I could be wrong. That's what we're looking. We're looking at the power pitcher, Garrett Cole Kumar. Yeah. Little Head case lighter. I don't know if he's a head case. I don't know about him. Who's this player? I can't say the name because. Yeah, I can't say that. Rendon. Does he have any health issues? Because Rendon did. Not that I'm aware of. Oh, damn. I tried. (laughs) He's also a shortstop. Many more tools than Rendon. But. Whatever. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And theoretically, like now we look back on it, no one would maybe Bauer, but Bauer developed. He took time to develop. I mean, it's like the Dodgers are now. He's also a super on it, but the Diamondbacks never did. But it's like, I guess you, you wouldn't be disappointed and pissed that you took any of those three and not the others. Obviously Cole was the right choice and he's proven it now. Well, yeah, Cole. Cole was more than Rendon. Don't hate on my guy Rendon. Uh, I'm not hating, but I still do believe that you take the pitcher over the hitter. Like if I, I, think if I could choose Garrett, if I knew what they, their careers are going to be, either Garrett Cole or Rendon, I'm taking Garrett Cole. Yeah, well, the Pirates screwed it all up. So, but either way, it's not as if you got Rendon. You're pissed yeah. that you didn't get Garrett Cole, right? So, yeah, I hope that's what this is going to be. Like we might looking back and saying, you know what, the the other guy was the better pick. But you're still pleased with who the Pirates take. And I yep, hope, that's all hope and I so. feel that's what will happen. I'm rooting for it. But you are right. And they're they're so they're so different. Yeah. They're they're all good in their certain ways and they're all very, very different. <laughs> all right, we've we've rambled too much on this part. Yeah. We're, and here we go again into twenty twenty five. So <laughs> that's what we do. All right. We're out of here. You wanna go, Tyler? Yeah. All right. I gotta go to bed. I gotta work. We'll see you guys later. Pirates play tomorrow. Thank God. Bye-bye. These are our scouts.